Welcome back to Undoctored Doctors with myself, Rosh, and Sarah. This, uh, this time we'll be talking, continuing the topic that we were talking about last week of uh, books, reading, and hobbies in general. Um, <laughs> a bit of an update, I only finished one chapter of the book that I said I was going to, uh, to, to make a dent in last time, so that's where I'm at, but I passed an exam today, so... I mean, first of all, congratulations, but... Two, if thank it makes you, you feel you. any better, I took the last week off, so I didn't even read one page. I basically just slept <laughs> like 80% <laughs> of the time of the last seven days. So, Well, that's good because you're making up for the sleep that you've lost for like the past year because I know you've been a, um, a bit of a night owl. Yeah, it's, it's really bad. I actually, it was so bad because the last week I've been making up for all of this lost sleep. And then I go and I pull an all-nighter and go to bed at 11 a.m. today. <laughs> I woke up at 5 p.m. because my life is garbage. <laughs> and but, but in all fairness, you were working on a project. So, you know, there was, there was a bit of reason for pulling an all-nighter. It's not as if you were like, ah, oh, I just can't sleep tonight. I guess this is my life now. It's, it's, it's definitely true. But also, like, I don't know why, but just there when you said all-nighter, it, it made me remember that when I was a kid, I would actually stay up all night reading books. And... Like, I've, I've never been a, a good reader, as, as weird as it sounds. Like, whenever I talk to people, they're like, oh, like, I used to love reading when I was a kid. And I was like, yeah, I liked it, but I wasn't, like, super uh, into it. But I do remember there were a few times I stayed up all night reading, like, the series of un unfortunate events. Oh, I love that. Lemony Snicket was the OG. You know, I used to read, because, like, like your example, I used to be a prolific reader. My mom used to, it actually is very disappointed with me with the amount that I read now compared to when I was a kid because I, I would always have my nose in a book. But the Lemony Snicket books I used to love until I realized that they all followed the same algorithm and pattern in the storytelling. Like, oh, I'm gonna go live with these new guys now. Oh, they're pieces of shit, so I need to escape somehow with all my brothers and sisters. I mean, the, the, okay, so that's funny that you say that, but I uh, stopped watching The Walking Dead because I realized that it was way too formula. Like, I, I explained it to someone being like, it's just a formula where it's like you start off by resolving the cliffhanger from last episode. Then it's boring, boring, two minutes of zombies, boring, boring, cliffhanger. Like, it, and it was some romantic bullshit sprinkled in on top. It, it was just like it just constantly followed the same formula and it was just tiring and it, it just felt like they were trying really hard to stretch it into 50 minutes and I just I, I couldn't I couldn't take it. I actually stopped watching the the Walking Dead when they killed off my my favorite character. Glenn. Yeah. Oh, I don't know yeah. how I guessed that. <laughs> what, what was his name? Negan. Negan? T Negan, Negan, right? That I don't know why I remember asshole. this. Like, I haven't seen this in five dick. years. <laughs> you know, his acting was so good that every single time that I see him in something else, I'm like, you're a fucking asshole. I wish. Like, he came into uh, Grey's Anatomy as a romantic interest in one Do of the main characters. you watch Grey's Anatomy? I, I rinsed Grey's Anatomy in my first and second years whilst I was That's studying so for, for anatomy itself. Because... I wanted to procrastinate, but I didn't want to feel guilty whilst procrastinating. Okay. So my girlfriend at the time was like, I'll oh, just watch Grey's Anatomy. So I did. I watched the first season, got hooked, and then it's the same thing. There's like an algorithm to it or a formulation for it. And I was like, you know, I can't. It doesn't surprise me anymore. Like, it doesn't That's engage actually, me. actually uh, funny. Okay, how about we change the topic of this week to talk about medical TV shows instead? Um, <laughs> okay. Because this is one of the questions I get asked the most on stream is that what's my favorite medical show and as a medical student do i watch medical shows 
And I feel like Grey's Anatomy is one of those, like, you either love it in med school or you you hate it. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's very Marmite, black and white, that show. At least from the people I've spoken to. I've, I know some people who will die by the sword for uh, Grey's Anatomy and some people who just detest it with all their heart. Um, I, I really enjoyed it up until a point where it, it, I just couldn't keep up anymore. I think I got to maybe the eighth or ninth season and if i recall correctly they're on the 15th now or something like that Dang. Yeah, okay. too much. uh for me so i watched gray's anatomy the first three seasons like 10 years ago because my mom was watching it and i don't know i at the time i really wanted to be a doctor but you know i knew nothing about medicine so i was like okay i'll watch this this is nice and then uh, i don't know why but last year my friend was like no no no, you have to watch it like you'll like it like you have to watch it uh, there's lesbians in it and I was like okay <laughs> <laughs> you have to watch this there's lesbians well she was making Told. the point that they have Told. a diverse uh, cast because I'm always like no to be bad. fair to Chanda Rhimes there is a very diverse cast in Grey's Anatomy compared to other medical shows that I have seen yeah so like she, she said it because I'm always going on about how there's like not enough like POC representation and like LGBT representation in shows and blah blah, blah. so she was like there is there is you you watch it you'll like it so I was like okay um and I started watching it and I don't really care about the medical inaccuracies so much because like you know you, you have to be liberal with stuff like that it's like when you're watching yeah. a tv like you can't just be like oh that would never happen in artistic license yeah right right, right. so like I, I wasn't going into it like as a critic so i don't know why but it really bothered me the way they did cpr like i didn't care about any of the other like inaccuracies at all but you know the way like when you're doing uh like uh, life support and you have to do the cpr like your shoulders and your chest elbows. compressions yeah yeah the yeah. chest compressions and you're like it's it's meant to be, I guess, like perpendicular to the floor. Yeah, yeah. But they do it at an angle like this, and yeah, yeah, and, I remember actually. And, and they I, don't do the two inches depth. They're like they're just I like pressing on it really lightly. The <laughs> like the only thing that bothered me was like you know you're meant to be perpendicular to the ground basically, but they were doing it at like like a forty degree angle. Just and I'm like, it's like caressing just... the chest. Really <laughs> yeah, violent. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like that triggered me so much because all of the other stuff, like I don't care, you take an artistic license with, and I, it just bothered me. And after like, but two when it seasons, comes to like, because someone's gonna see that, someone's gonna be like, they're walking down the street one day, someone's having some kind of like, they fall into the floor, they they're not breathing anymore. They're like, I've seen Grey's Anatomy, I know what to do, and then they're just doing this on top of a guy. I mean, I guess if you think about it, I, I maybe there is actually I would look this up maybe, but maybe there's a law that. You can't actually accurately represent CPR. Yeah, because you would break some ribs, right? Yeah, right. So, like, without the proper training, because I know that uh, the American, like, Suicide Association or something has guidelines on how to represent suicide on TV and movies. Because. You don't know that. Yeah, according to their research, like, whenever a movie or a TV show or a book, like, comes out and, like, there is suicide in it, that attempts actually rise. Um, yeah. And this is actually why there was a huge problem with 13 Reasons Why, because... Yeah, I remember actually that controversy. Yeah. yeah, and 13 Reasons Why was just basically saying that, like, oh, we're, we're making uncomfortable conversations, and basically, like, any decent, like, suic like suicide prevention foundation was like, no, like, you w literally went against mm -hmm. all of the foundations and research for, like, shock uh, value, and, you know, like, 
you are meant to represent it inaccurately so that if younger people attempt it, like they won't be successful with it and like other things, but they, uh, they basically went against all of the guidelines just for the... It's a really strange line to tread, isn't it, as someone who wants to create entertainment, but also raise awareness on a subject, especially with like suicide. The, the thing is... It's not like, the place. In my opinion, it's just not the place to raise awareness is in the entertainment you consume. I think you can definitely raise awareness, but I think 13 Reasons Why was hiding but extent, behind. Yeah. But they, they weren't actually trying to raise awareness because other things, like I refuse to watch it because people are like, oh, like I just watched it to see what the deal is. And I was like, but you're telling the Netflix algorithm that you liked it. So like another season would be good. And so I've absolutely refused to watch it. But from what I've seen of it and other breakdowns of it, they... Uh, portray it as there's no point in talking to adults or counselors because they're not going to listen to you. Two, you can use suicide as a revenge um, point. Three, uh, like according to the like suicide foundations, again, like you should not portray it as like the people suffering after you die because one of the biggest parts of ideation, like suicidal ideation, is imagining that all the people that are, have wronged you or... Um, like that they're going to be finally upset by like your departing. And so mm -hmm. these are all like completely against the guidelines. And you're also meant, you're not meant to show it. So like 13 reasons why, like just basically said, no, see, we're raising awareness. Like, even though, like if they really cared about that and if they had Googled the guidelines or even co contacted any of these foundations being like, hey, we want to portray this book, which apparently handled it better, but I haven't read the book. And we want to make it into a TV show to raise awareness. Like, how do you think we would best do this? Like, they didn't, they, they, they didn't care mm. about. They flew in the face of all of that, right? From what yeah. I, again, I haven't seen it either, so. I, I refuse to watch it. And when people tell me that they watch it and like, then they watch the second season. I'm just like, it's because of people like you that shit like this happens. <laughs> I, I'm brutally unforgiving about it. Like if you, if you knew the problems with season one, because whenever I had, like I had this conversation with people before season two came out and I pointed out like why this was wrong. And like uh, with actually pulling up the, like this video that I saw that broke it down, like what it says on the suicide foundation's website and what Netflix did wrong and they were like oh yeah but like oh if i watch it it won't make a difference and i'm like oh. <laughs> disgusting that's what everyone else who's watching it says as well right yeah so i wonder if it's kind of like you're not meant to show you're not meant to accurately represent cpr either um like chest yeah. compressions either in case like people attempt it based on seeing i guess it. it's the same with like the heimlich maneuver as well because uh people will like if someone's choking people go straight to the heimlich maneuver without trying the five taps in the back first which can cause i mean the heimlich maneuver can cause its own problems inherently so maybe it's the same with that i mean um, the thing with the heimlich though like as weird as it sounds i feel like it's a safer uh first aid maneuver to try because like with heimlich like you're probably just going to like at worst throw up right um true. with like chest compressions like you know you have cracked ribs and um i mean it, it's also similar with the heimlich maneuver to pay like if the if the person doesn't, doesn't get the placement completely right you can break some lower ribs as well if i understand it correctly i suppose if you really have no idea what you're doing yeah yeah um, i mean that's the problem with all of this if you have no idea what you're doing then don't attempt it yeah like i'm just i'm just thinking though because i'm trying to think back to when we did like basic life support and uh like is 
we should definitely look this up. Well, I should look it up before I say anything, but like, is bad CPR better than no CPR? Oh, this is actually a very commonly asked question. Because, <laughs> like, Google just auto-completed it for me. Is any CPR hands-on? No, hands-only CPR performed by bystander has been shown to be as effective as CPR with breaths. Oh, no, that's not the question. Yeah, it's the difference between this. Because I, I, I remember they changed the guidelines on this for the layman to to reduce, uh, to, to remove completely the... Um, the inhalation, exhalation, mouth-to-mouth well, mouth part. With, with COVID now, for sure. I would yeah. <laughs> oh, the, okay, the web page is loading. Even before that, I'd be worried. Like, my main concern with doing mouth-to-mouth -mouth, uh, CPR would be, like, the stuff you can contract yeah. but in the mouth. Like, when we did our training, they basically said that, that only if it's, like, a known person, like, it's a person that you know personally and already have, like, a relationship with, that's, like, when you should do rescue breathing. But otherwise, mm. like, it's way more worth it to try to find, um, like, I, like, I don't know, here in Rome, it's kind of bad, but in Ireland, there's, like, AED machines randomly on streets. Mm -hmm. And, like, those would also have the, like, the ampulla, is that what it was called? Like, the... The defibs. No, 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 the A, the, for the breathing part, you know, like, the, the ah, balloon, mm. like, the... Ah, they have the uh, rebreathers. Is yeah. it a no, it's not I, a I don't know what it's called because we received thing. our BLS in half English, half Italian. So I think they called it an ampulla, if I remember correctly. It's a non-invasive uh, mask with a reservoir. Okay. Oh, what a complex name. Yeah. <laughs> or um, they just call it uh, MR for its short. Like for my for my COVID thesis, I've had to. Um, move all the patient records from one database to another just to anonymize every patient so that there's no names and everything but to do so i'd have to go through their entire um <clears throat> hospital uh, records like every single time a, a doctor does a history taking or an epicrisis for a patient i have to go through all of that and like say that they had this 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 and this done you know with pharmaceuticals with uh, uh, with their uh, interventions such as uh, masks or CPAP or anything like that. Um, and they have a lot of shorthand for just ventilation, um, which was quite interesting to learn because uh, I didn't know any of this beforehand. It wasn't taught to us in um, any of the modules prior to me going onto the ward. So it's quite nice to see how they, um, they uh, shorthand everything. Like, you know, the nasal cannulas, uh, yeah. they call them Ocalini, because they look like two little O's, two little I's, so they call them Ocalini. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, but... Uh, Do you still not speak Italian? Did we have this conversation? Dude, I think we've had this conversation before, maybe not on the podcast, but my, my Italian is, I would say, A2 at best, maybe B1. Oh, what? How are you... <laughs> I got by. A, <laughs> I use, a, a I use simple present... Like... And that's it. My vocabulary is not horrible, but my sentence structure is very simple. Very simple. That's so funny because A2 is literally like, I went to the cinema last Exactly. Week. What is Not even weather? that, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm meant to be C1 minimum, but uh, I oh. either I'm not there or I just don't feel like I'm there. I think I'm not there though. Okay, okay. I, I feel like in, in the interview that we're going to do after this, I'm going to grill you for a while. No. <laughs> but, uh, like, kind of going back to the original topic, like, here it says, 
uh, although CPR, bad CPR is better than no CPR, it's not what any of us should be shooting for. So <laughs> from what I can tell, I like it's, it. it's I like not it. like that they're required to represent it incorrectly, but I can kind of see why if that was the case. Um, or mm. it could just be like, as weird as it sounds, like correct CPR angles are not very flattering. True. You're very hunched over. Yeah. Like, down, can't really see the actor at all. Uh, so I guess it would make sense why they wouldn't want those angles, but I, I don't know why, like everything I was willing to look aside, like, I don't really care about the medical inaccuracies or whatever. I was just like, yeah, cool. Like I, I just, I'll just watch some drama. Sounds good to me. I also like, as weird as it sounds, I kind of like when a show has like hundreds of episodes and they're one hour because I'm a serial binger. Like, <laughs> see, I'm a serial binger too, but when it's an hour long, I'm like, but see, I, that's I, why I watch everything on double speed. <laughs> How nice is it that Netflix has introduced that function now? Yeah, see, the thing is, I had a Chrome extension, so it really didn't bother me. Like, and the Netflix extension only goes up to 1.5, where... You go higher than 1.5? Yeah, like, with the extension... The, the, the funny thing is, like, I watch YouTube videos on, like, 2.6, 2.7 now, Um it's just a matter of getting used to it and like Jesus Christ. even most You're podcasts. You're listening to Eminem rap for every single video you watch. Uh, even podcasts now, like I'm, I think I'm at two point eight as well on Spotify. Like I'm just, I'm just about to hit three, but it's all about practicing. But uh, can I you talk that fast yet? Hmm? Can you talk that fast yet? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> but the the thing with Netflix and TV shows, I noticed is that they don't actually leave a lot of dead air. Like with YouTube videos, like- Especially YouTube, I feel. Yeah, like 2.6, 2.7, like I, I feel like that's pretty rapid. Like I'm like paying attention to actually be able to take it all in. Whereas with Netflix, like on times two, I feel like it's almost as if like the YouTube 2.7 like-ish, like they, yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it, but I definitely feel, I didn't realize like how much more fast paced uh, TV shows are done. I, I I feel like it's more this with um, with YouTube though than like say Netflix or TV shows because I mean I don't know if you watch Philip DeFranco at all. I watched them like ten years ago, like back when. Yeah, OG. Yeah, yeah OG. like really, really back in the day. Uh, but the way he edits his videos now leaves no dead air. As soon as he stops speaking for a second, like you see the cut, and he goes on to the next sentence. But, it can yeah. be jarring sometimes though, you know, like sometimes, I mean. I, th I think you can say that it's jarring, but I think like everyone has just gotten used to this type of, uh, like the way, like even hard cuts, like no one even notices hard cuts on YouTube videos anymore, like in between speaking. But, you know, now that I'm looking a lot more into being a YouTuber and like creating a lot more content, it's basically like you need to lean out as much as you can. Like, it's basically, like, cut out, lean out being, like, oh, make your content it. leaner. Like, just, like, anything that isn't necessary or anything that you think isn't, like, the best, just take it out and then go back and take another 10% out of the video. Like, yeah, that is the general advice because, I mean, it, it kind of makes sense to me. When, when you think about, like, holding people's attentions these days and you have TikTok, which is, like, 10, 15-second videos and you can, mm -hmm. like, consume a 100 of those in an hour, um then you compare it to like a YouTube video that's 10 minutes. Like you need to be, you, you need to be more competitive about keeping people's attention and getting them to spend time with you <laughs> as weird as True. it sounds. 
And do you not think this is kind of dangerous as well? Like I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I'm, I'm, because I'm, I'm a, I'm an addict of Instagram reels and Instagram stories. I just swipe up. Like I don't use TikTok, but it's essentially the it's same. It's the same, yeah. And I feel like it's training my brain to just not have attention to anything. I feel well, like I can't focus on anything these days at all. The thing is, like, I, I can recommend you a really good book called Hooked. Um, or I think it's called Loop or Hooked. I can, one second, let me quickly uh, look it up. But the thing is, these apps are designed, like, it is by, yeah, it's called, no, it's not, yeah, it is called Hooked, but also there, I think there's one called Loop. Um, hooked, anyway. These apps, like, are by design done that way like the way like dopamine rewarding systems work is that yeah. you you want that reward for as little work as possible so the fact that you tie in a reward to like just moving your thumb that's a very very low investment into getting a dopamine hit the funny a thing huge is, reward the, the best <clears throat> the funniest part is is that the expectation of reward actually releases the same amount of dopamine as if you got that reward so even when you're scrolling like you you might get like a few boring posts but like the thought of you being like the next one being that it's going to be funny or be entertaining actually releases the same amount of dopamine so even it's if like a gambling addiction almost you know just staying staying hot just uh, staying in the game just because you might get hot again yeah and like it's the same with you know that's why uh they tell you i think it's like you shouldn't tell people your goals before you do them because sometimes like even the satisfaction of talking about them can release the yeah. dopamine of actually and then you don't do it i've learned that the hard way same <laughs> same 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 same, same. <laughs> um but uh how, how why are we so bad at this podcast like why can we, we were not... meant to be talking about the, <laughs> the medical tv shows but now we're on dopamine release it's fine i mean no no it, it's 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 fun but i like when I go back and listen to the podcasts to see them and I'm like, oh, like that, we talk about pretty cool things. And then I'm like, why are we talking about this? Like this has nothing to do with, because also, you know, like when, when the episode is done, I go and upload the audio and it asks me for a title and like what to put in the bio. And I'm just like, how am I meant to say that? Like we talked about 16 different things and none of them are related to each other. Um, okay. But, let's refocus then. Okay. Well, I was okay. Okay. No, no, no. We'll finish this section and we'll we'll refocus because. Uh... No, I just I don't really remember how we got on to this. Like you were just saying with the the Instagram, but like these apps are are by design to hook you in, like just moving one thumb, and also like that's why Tinder uh like exploded <laughs> the way it did because you had the reward of also seeing like someone attractive and like getting that match. Like that's a huge dopamine hit. Yeah. Um, and you know, like it's like the simple dopamine action, hit so. I never received. <laughs> yeah, awkward. that awkward. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> no, but uh, coming back to TV shows, my all-time favorite TV medical TV show, and I'm pretty sure a lot of medical students will have I already the same. Know what you're gonna say? Go on. Finish my sentence for scrubs. me. Then. Yeah. yeah of, course. <laughs> of course, it's it's always Scrubs. Like it's always my scrubs. my nickname back at school was even uh, oh, it wasn't Chocolate Bear, it's Brown Bear. Was he called Chocolate Bear or Brown Bear? I can't. I can't remember. But Turkleton. Um, the funniest thing is, like, in, in one of my first weeks of medical school, uh, we had a professor. I don't remember what class this was, but he was actually talking about like the representation of 
uh, medicine in different TV shows. And he said that Scrubs was actually the most accurate uh, medical TV show that there is and that House is the most inaccurate medical really? show. Yeah, he said that like there is no like worse betrayer of medicine than House. <laughs> like he, he was very clear about the fact that... So, so was he clear on the fact that it was... Um like the medicine was inaccurate in house or was it the way that like clinics are ran and how they do uh, diagnostic pathways and yes, a workers that team that okay. part I, I, I could imagine that's the part that would be kind of inaccurate well his 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 point was that like it is the most inaccurate because he said no hospital in the world no matter their funding would allow that many tests for no reason he said <laughs> he said that like you can't just uh, be like, yes, we're going to order like 100 tests without like having like, uh, you know, like your differentials to yeah. eliminate. And he said that that's incredibly inaccurate because you can't just go and give an MRI to everyone you want. Um, now, I've never oh, watched yeah, House. So, but he said that like there's no like hospital that would be able to cover that expense no matter what their funding is. And so he said that like House was the greatest like, uh, what's, I can't remember the word he used, but... It was like the, the, the biggest, uh, not betrayer, but... Betrayal sounds like a good it's, word to use, it's though. It's not betrayer, though. Like, it's like <laughs> the thing that did it wrong. But anyway, it's it's the worst, it's the least accurate TV show that... Uh, but Scrubs is more accurate, though. Probably because they never talk about medicine, really. That's why it's so accurate, by omission. I mean, it could be, but I do feel like they... I mean, again, I've never been in an American hospital, but from what I know about American hospitals, it does feel pretty accurate because like there's this one episode where like, you know, uh, a guy doesn't have insurance. So they try to like change him to like a dead guy's insurance. True, true. Uh, I, I was talking more about the fact that like, I don't think I've ever heard the word complete blood count or um, like, or even drawing blood on that show. I'm probably remembering it wrong, but you know, it wrong. yeah, I don't remember too much in the way of actual clinical I diagnosis, I treatment. I don't think medication. they go into it too much, but they do have oh, analgesics. I know the analgesics go in your mouth. Not. <laughs> I, I, do, I do remember like this one part, like in particular, because it was really funny where JD asks Dr. Cox, like how much Tylenol to give to the patient. And Dr. Cox is like, it's Tylenol. Just open her mouth, throw as many pills as you want at her, and whichever ones land in, that's the correct dose. Um, I want to say it wasn't Tylenol that they used, though, because Tylenol is bad for your liver. I mean, my farm yeah. is pretty lacking, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But anyway, th that professor said that house was the worst. Scrubs is obviously like always a favorite. Like everyone loves Scrubs. It's hard not to. The other ones now people ask me about are called uh, The Good Doctor. Yeah, I, I watched the first episode of The Good Doctor and it, it seemed pretty good. I just didn't find the characters engaging enough to, to stick with it for the long haul. But uh, I mean, even in the first episode, he does something crazy like um, create a, um, a valvular drip system on the fly with just like a bottle of whiskey, uh, some spare tubing from somewhere else in the middle of a I think it's an airport, um, but the the graphics on that show are fantastic. So like, it's like the MacGyver of medicine is what they're exactly. Going for. He's a, okay. he's a MacGyver and almost a bit of a 
I don't have a good um, comparison, but he's got like an eidetic memory. So you see his thought, thought process in graphics on the screen as he's going through it, like in that one scene that I was talking is it like, about. Kind of like yeah. in Sherlock, because the part I really liked about Sherlock, the TV show, is like as he was doing his deductions, it would like pop up on the screen. And I really loved that. Like Exactly like that. Oh, I exactly love like that. that. Okay, yeah, I would probably watch it. You that. should give it a watch then. <laughs> yeah. But I just didn't find the characters engaging enough. And um, which is a shame because uh, one of the actresses on that show, I really enjoyed in another show called uh, Misfits. Fantastic oh, show. Yeah. Nothing to do with medicine, but fantastic no. show. I liked Misfits as well. It was really weird, though. Um, it was very strange. But like, it was I think if you're not used to UK humor, it's not a show that you would enjoy. Yeah, actually, yeah. That's, because uh, that's... It's, it's quite like crude and. Uh, <laughs> like the, the one joke that I love is like the Irish guy on it who was just like uh, where I'm from like if the priest didn't fiddle with you you knew you were the ugly kid and, <laughs> and I feel like that kind of joke like will not really fly outside of Ireland or the UK but you know they can get that's it. true no no that's so true when I came here I had to dial back my humor yeah. A lot. One I, of the one of the breaks in my course didn't do it at all. Like he became um, uh, not very well liked in the first two years because he just wouldn't dial it back at all. He was like, "No, I'm funny," <laughs> and you're gonna. Like, oh, <laughs> thankfully, he did better now. But uh, yeah, and my language too. Actually, I yeah. swear a lot less now. I I definitely dialed back on my language as well, um, but. Okay, so there's the good doctor, and then the other one is like the Nick, which is apparently the plastic surgery one, right? No, I think it's uh, if I remember. Oh no, that's right, that's Nip, that's Nip Tuck. Sorry. Yeah, that's Nip Tuck. The Nick <coughs> is like it's from when like surgery was first emerging, like a couple of decades ago. Mm. Uh, like I'm just looking, I can't get a year, but it's like based in the 1900s, I think. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but does this also follow, I can't remember the name of the doctor either, but there was a doctor who used to perform um, surgeries um, way, way, way back when, uh, but had a um, a black assistant who would basically do the surgeries for him and he took all the credit. Is that a... I have no idea. Depicted in this? I don't think so. I, I I have absolutely uh, no idea. I just know that it's like uh, back in the day <laughs> because I, I'm trying to find the time, the time, but on the Wikipedia page, uh, but like, oh, in, in 1900. So it was basically like uh, it follows the surgeon when surgery was first emerging in New York in 1900s. Um, the other one, there is like emergency room and then Chicago MD, I think is another one. Uh, Chicago MD I've heard about. Oh, Chicago but MD, I, I, sorry. Yeah. I've not, um, I've not watched anything really lately. Um, like I, actually, I think the last thing I saw was that episode of The Good Doctor. Outside of that, I've not really watched any medical um, TV shows lately, uh, mainly because once you start learning more about medicine like I, I went back after my clinical years I mean some of my clinical years halfway through them and watched some more episodes of Grey's Anatomy and I was just like this would not they would not do this and I started getting pissed off about everything so I stopped watching I 
I mean, the thing is, like, I was, I've recently been rewatching Suits, um, especially with the new season. And then, like, you know, the way they're throwing around all these, like, legal terms and, uh, like, laws and, oh, we'll just slap him with this. And I, I, it, it made me realize that, like, this is, this must be what Grey's Anatomy is to lawyers. Because, <laughs> like, I, ne- I never made that connection, as weird as it sounds. But, like, you know, when you're watching Grey's Anatomy and they're throwing out, like, all these, like, Latin-based, like, diseases and medications and, like, yeah. stat and CC. And it's just, like, that's not how it is. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I bet, like, these are all made-up words to lawyers as well. Like, where I actually had a, I had an ex-girlfriend whose parents were both lawyers. Uh, one was in contract law and the other one was in construction law. And I introduced suits to them. And they loved it. They absolutely loved oh, it. But so they maybe, also said oh. that it's, you know, it's not it's not realistic. Um, law isn't practice like that. It's not like we're going to... The one thing that I think that they said is that um, everything happens too quickly on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these things take months and they do it in the span of like two or three days. No, no, for, for sure. Like I, 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 I kind of knew that because not that I've been on the wrong side of the law, but like... Uh, <laughs> we we are no stranger to lawyers in my family i will say and like it's kind of like one thing happens and it's like okay you'll get your response in eight months and it takes like 20 years to do like one court case so it do, it does feel like even with the judge and they're like okay like we'll do the hearing tomorrow and they like bang the gavel and i'm like mm-hmm. like how do you how, like, how do you know what the lawyers are doing tomorrow like what if they have another case and like these public defenders they keep saying that they have like 30 cases a day and it's just like but like and like is there one person who schedule like who checks if the lawyer has to be in another case like it, it didn't make sense to me you know mm. so uh but their offices look dope their offices so good their suits like honestly like i know it's I, was, suits, I didn't know whether it was but... nice to say but the whole attire on that oh. show was fantastic i know the way the women dress like also is just like I want to be a corporate bay. <laughs> <Like, laughs> <laughs> uh, I um, I actually didn't finish Suits at all. I should go back and rewatch that because I, I I loved it. I actually, <laughs> interestingly enough, I stopped watching after Meghan Markle left. I wonder why. Uh, oh, she's <laughs> she's she's really something. But... <laughs> we talked about her last week as well, right? Did we? Probably. I'm obsessed. So. She is, she is a very beautiful woman. Um, so, yeah, I realize that Suits is probably to lawyers what, like, Scrubs, uh, sorry, not Scrubs, but, like, uh, Grey's Anatomy is to us. Mm. And then I just realized that, like, it's really strange that these are all careers, right? Like, say, like, police as well. And then there's, like, so many TV shows about being a doctor or a lawyer or, like, a policeman. It's It's kind of strange that you take, like, these everyday careers and then you make, like, you twist such drama and stuff out of it. I don't know if that, like, if my point makes sense, like... I wonder how accurate Brooklyn Nine-Nine is. <laughs> I think Brooklyn Nine-Nine is probably pretty accurate because they don't really... Really? I, th- I think so. Like, so I read a thing about CSI being the most... You know, there, there's the meme of CSI uh, where, like, it's like, yeah. oh, enhance. No, 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 like, oh, enhance yeah. and enhance and, like, clarify and, like, you know... Which, which just doesn't happen. So, like, CSI is known for being inaccurate. But I remember, like, vaguely seeing somewhere ages ago that some people uh, were put off doing crimes or something in, like, this survey because, because of what they thought was possible due to CSI. So, you know how crazy it is you can deter someone from doing something with something so simple? Like, yeah. you, you, know, you know Poundland back in the UK? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I don't know if you've been. I, mean, I don't know if you've been to one <laughs> recently. You know what I'm talking about, right? No, no, no. The, the amount of theft that was happening in Pound. For those who don't know, Pound London, the UK, is a store where every you go in and it's like a Dollar Tree or a Dollar 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 store. You go in and everything is listed for one pound or less. And the amount of theft that was happening in Poundland was prolific. There was so much theft going on in Poundland stores across the nation. And the one thing that reduced the uh, the, the um, theft from these stores <clears throat> the most was simply just putting a sticker of a policeman in the front window. Just a life-size sticker of a policeman in the front window. That's it? Like plummeted their theft rates, yeah. That's that's really funny. No, I started laughing because one, I, I haven't heard of Foundland in so much. In Ireland, we call them the two euro store. But oh, really? <laughs> I, I had a friend visit from Ireland and it was the first time he was seeing a tiger shop, you know, tiger like. Yeah, yeah. And, it, uh, and he said that like the tiger shop is as if like Ikea fucked a Poundland. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why I kept laughing because I just randomly remembered that. Because it's that so, so accurate. Right? It's he so was like, true. a tiger shop is like the bastard child of a pound man at an Ikea. <laughs> like, and it's true. like It is very true. It's got the same layout as an Ikea. You can't go backwards. And they're kind of nice, like nicer, but everything is like cheap shit. So like, yeah. it, it, it is an upgraded pound land. Although let's not Tiger because uh, I got a lot of shit from Tiger. Oh, you're the worst I type love of person. Store. I love the, but I love the snacks. The snacks especially are so cheap. Um, like you buy a Mars bar here, anywhere else is going to run you two euros there. You go get a bag of Mars bars for two euros. It's great. You know, again, we're like super going off topic, but the weirdest part to me about moving to Italy was like how bad their snack selection is. Don't get me started. Like, how is that a thing? Like, how is it that you go to a supermarket? Because like, okay, maybe this is why Ireland and England are leading in obesity. But like you go in and there's like hundreds of different types of like chocolate bars and crisps. And like here, it's like if you took everything, like all of all of the junk, like cookies, fizzy drinks, crisps, chocolate bars it's like only like half an aisle like it's so yeah. limited there's no Maltesers which I'm really like bummed out about because I love Maltesers and yeah it's just weird. pretty much anything done by um there's not that many Nestle snacks here at all and uh, the Italian snacks compared to the British snacks are weak. much more um, they're yeah weak. they're much less sweet yeah. and I think it's because they have much more of like a like the UK sweet tolerance is so high compared to Italy's to sweet me, tolerance. It's not even like sweet. It's just like their combos are not really that good. Like, mm. like they'll have like a wafer chocolate and then just chocolate. What about biscuit chocolate? Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, they don't. Dude, it pisses me off that I can only find uh, chocolate digestives in one store in Milan, and now that store has gone bust. Simply used to be the only place that I could find chocolate digestive biscuits, and now I have no idea where to find them. Or like shortbread, which like again is just butter and sugar, but that's pretty niche. I also yeah. find that in the UK it's pretty not difficult. Like you go to any oh, Tesco, are one. like classic. Mm. Yeah, I, the crisps here are a bit. And like the the cookies as well. Like in Ireland, like a Tesco would have like one aisle dedicated just to cookies. Like, because you have like the fun. They can fresh for you in the day, like Sainsbury's. Fucking Marks and Spencer's cookies. Like, 
<laughs> oh my god this is this is why ireland and england are getting fat but even ready meals ready meals are something that you could just pick up off the shelf and just like stick in the microwave and you'll be you'd have dinner ready in 15 minutes but i know it's a bit trashy but italy doesn't have that i think I miss though, that. italy you know uh, up until two years ago italy was the healthiest country in the world doesn't surprise me because they got a very mediterranean diet they don't eat shit like as brits no, they don't drink a lot either. I mean, they do drink a, like they but drink often, but they don't binge drink like. And they don't drink beer, as much. Uh, they I drink a lot more. I think I, I. I think wine is a lot more cleaner. Yeah, I can say that. I think wine is a bit more cleaner than beer in the in in terms of for your health. No, like uh whenever i say this statistic to someone they're always like no it's japan and i'm like bitch it's not like <laughs> like every time i mention this to someone it's like are you sure japan isn't the healthiest country in the world and i'm like yes <laughs> but, I would think japan is the healthiest country in the world <laughs> because japan uh they have like a super super high uh mortality age and that's not the word what average what's the age what's the name of the statistic i'm looking for life expectancy no, oh life expectancy yeah they have like one of the highest life expectancies they have like this uh system of like public exercise where people over a certain age go to the park and they like exercise together their food is like very much not processed uh when i was there their mcdonald's was actually like gourmet I, like i wouldn't say it was gourmet, but like the <laughs> standards for food is a lot higher and like basically like you know, they're eating fish, vegetables, rice, like very clean diet. Um, their alcohol tolerance is very low, so they don't really yeah. drink. So like... But, but isn't it, isn't it um, also... I mean, sorry to interrupt, but isn't it... Uh, I've always read that the Mediterranean diet is like the best diet for your health and sprinkle on top of that some like fermented foods. Yeah, fermented food. But they also have a lot of... Uh, they have... Oh my God, why can't I remember this? I think it's called, it starts with an N. It's called like Noya or something. But they have this like uh, fermented bean. That's a very common side dish and it's like very, very healthy. Um, but basically... It's like sticky... Do you know it's what like, I'm talking about? Yeah, I've, I've seen my sister, because my sister lived in Japan for two years, and she sent me a photo of this once, and it was fucking gross, but she said it tastes fantastic. F fermented foods in general are, like, really, 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 really good mm -hmm. for you. Like, kimchi and stuff, like, really good. Um, it's funny because the reason for that, I, I'm kind of, like, really obsessed with, like, food science and stuff, um, is... If you look at like our gut sizes evolutionarily, like as our brains grew, like a lot of the energy was like diverted into there. So like our guts shrank and, you know, the gut is there That's to like, not mine. <laughs> yeah. not mine. but I meant like uh, intestines. So like if you look at the intestines of herbivores, they're like lots, like much, 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 much longer. And that's because they have to ferment what they're eating to turn it into nutrients. So like by shrinking our guts, like our intestines, we removed a lot of the ability to ferment our food as much. So when you eat fermented food, like you're able to, like your gut health is like a lot higher because you're able to like extract uh, things from it a lot better. I don't know if that makes sense. Like if, if you compare like intestine length of like herbivores compared to like carnivores carnivores have like a lot shorter and uh herbivores need a lot longer to be able to like take out the amino acids from like plants and stuff no no it makes complete sense i know that like for instance cows they have 
four stomachs just for just for uh, I, I am I'm assuming just for this process in in and of itself. I can't remember why, but there's a there's a practice in <clears throat> some places in which they'll just have like a hole straight into the to the, the cow's stomach. Oh, I've seen that actually. But what is the reason for that? I can't remember for the life of me. I just remember seeing it on a video somewhere. I like did see that on a TV video. show. Mm. I have seen that. It's like a hole in the side of the cow in the inside in the cow's side of the stomach. Um, I'm not sure, but I assume you're gonna look that up. And I'll just say that like so fermented food in general is like very, very, very good for gut health because you don't have to like you don't have the intestine length to be able to extract a lot of nutrients from food, which is why like also when you when people say that like, oh, like spinach has more iron than meat, like it's not true because the bioavailability is only like two or three percent. Mm -hmm. Mm. spinach um yeah what is your opinion so you, so you're a food science buff um what is the what is your opinion on this meat only diet that uh, people like joe rogan are uh, touting these days i did it for 30 days and i felt like a fucking viking really <laughs> yeah yeah i did it for 30 days and if i could afford to i would 100 do it because really 100%, 100%. Like you can talk to any of my friends from those 30 days. The first two two weeks, I'm not going to lie, I was super sick. I had really bad diarrhea. Like it was it was a very tough experience, but like after two weeks, like all of my anxiety, all of my depression, all of my like fatigue completely gone. Like the third and fourth week, my roommate said that I looked like a different person because like my skin was completely different. Like all of the dryness was gone. Like my skin completely cleared up. I started waking up at like five or 6 a.m. like super refreshed. I wasn't bothered by things. Like I had exams during that time. And like, I just showed up to exams and I wasn't feeling anxious at all. Like it was, I, I'm, I'm always a little bit afraid to talk about carnivore diet, but you know, since, since only like six people listen to our podcast, it's, it's uh, totally okay. But I did it for 30 days. I saved up because I knew it was going to be expensive for like three or four months. And then I was like, I'm going Especially to do Italy. Yeah. Meat is so expensive here. And I was like, since I always vibe with low carb and keto, like I mentally and physically feel better on keto. So I do like low carb most of the year. Um, so I was like, okay, I want to see like what the deal with carnivore is because the science based on keto makes sense to me. And so I tried it and like, honestly, if I could afford it, I would be carnivore all the time. No questions hmm. asked. Like, no questions whatsoever. I might give it a go then. I mean, not here, but when I go back to the UK, maybe I'll give it a go because I had been thinking about trying it, but I wanted to try um, a fermented food only diet for a little bit because I am thinking about, um, I was actually thinking also about removing uh, meat from my diet for a little bit just because I get uh, very bogged down when I eat too much meat, <clears throat> especially reds compared to whites. Uh, but then after seeing Joe Rogan tout about the carnivore diet for a little bit on Instagram, I was like, maybe I should rethink that um, thought process and give it a go. Yeah. But first, first I want to try the fermented food one, actually. I, um, I got myself one, uh, some mother yeast, I think they call it, for uh, making kombucha at home, and that's going to be my first step. And actually, one of my uh, one of my old flatmates has just started a business in uh, producing and selling fermented goods out of her own home kitchen, oh, which is pretty nice. awesome. Yeah, so I I think it's pretty simple to do at home, but you just need a lot of gear. I mean, yeah, I with the fermented stuff, yeah. But like, 
I think the carnivore diet, like that's a that's a full episode in on itself. But no, that's what we'll do next time. We'll do a, an episode on diet. Sure, but yeah, and maybe pick up some <laughs> some uh, some more topics about um, medical TV shows. <laughs> Seeing as this was just a tangent, I, I like the way we started on books that were meant to read from last episode, and now we're like <laughs> carnivore diet. <laughs> And we hit on medical TV Oopsie. shows, law TV shows, uh, tigers being a bastard child of a tiger. And, yeah. Um, so I'm we're out of time, unfortunately. Yes, we are. But this was a great conversation. Next mm-hmm. week, join us for God knows what topics. I, I think we should just like not even set topics anymore. Like it's just Go where the flow takes us, where yeah. the wind takes us. <laughs> Make it like a... Uh, my god, Forrest Gump, like our, our podcast is a box of box chocolates. Of chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I will say goodbye to you and yeah, thank you for listening as well. And it's always a pleasure, Sarah. <laughs>